This is the Pool Boy Podcast with Steve Buckley, Bob Ballard and Katie Wilde. Three more days of competition in Glasgow at the European Swimming Championships, which yielded another 13 medals for the British team competing up there in Tollcross. This is the Pool Boy Podcast. I'm Steve Buckley. Bob Ballard and Katie Wilde are with me once again as we're going to look back over uh, those last three days of competition and uh, and perhaps have a chat about the meet as a whole. Um, loads to talk about from a British perspective in those three days of competition. Uh, lots of places where we could start, but we're going to start with um, Ben Proud, in particular his 50 metres freestyle, Bob, which was, uh, well, he won the gold in the final in 21.34, but his semi-final, 21.11, is was just something to watch, wasn't it? Absolutely astonishing. And the start again is uh, Ben Proud of old, got off the blocks fantastically well, right into his stroke, couldn't see any glitches, any errors, at all, all the way through, 21-1-1. And I suppose if there was a slight disappointment about the final, he didn't go fast because I thought that you know, 21 was uh, definitely in his sight and obviously a sub-21 as well, potentially. But, um, you know, he got the job done. Uh, he started almost as well tonight, just didn't quite have uh, the revs, it would seem, to, to get to the, the end in a quicker time. But uh, job done very well, and he'll, he'll be happy this week. And uh, James Gibson will be very happy with his week. Uh, second place in the Butterfly and obviously winning, as we expected him to do, number one in the world. And getting, I think, the third fastest time ever in that event. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's it's the fastest ever in textile, number three performer all time. Uh, and Katie, we see this a lot, don't we, that, that times in the semi-final can be faster than the final, but uh, it was all just about getting the job done, wasn't it, on the, on this last day of competition and making sure he won that gold medal. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a different kind of pressure in a final to, um, to a semi-final, and I think sometimes that can be a real positive and sometimes that can just make people tighten up a bit. I thought he did look quite nervous um, before the 53 final, um, but, I mean, you're right, his start is absolutely unbelievable. Um, it's I don't know if there's another one like it in the world, to be honest. Um, he just looked like he tightened up a bit towards the end. Uh, but the most important thing, as you say, is just to race and to come out on top. And that's exactly what he did. I think we'll see, well, I really hope we'll see a sub-21 from him at some point soon. He's sort of edging closer every meet. Well, he's certainly got all the attributes to do that. And I think the most impressive thing for me about his start is he has a phenomenal reaction time. But he is also really quick you know, through the water and into his breakout. Because quite often we see people with, you know, being really good at one or the other and not putting the two things together. So he is, yes, yeah, so, so good off the start. Um, and, uh, yeah, just able to maintain that pace all the way down. Uh, well, mentioned- I'll give you an example of that, so very quickly, was um, Melanie Anique in the 50 fly in the previous uh, race where she went away storming and didn't get a medal in the end because she didn't build on that start when she actually got into a stroke. So yeah, a, a prime example of putting it all together um, when it matters. And as you mentioned, he took silver in the 50 fly as well, uh, beaten only by the world record holder. So uh, a pretty good couple of days for, for Ben Proud. And, uh, you know, he goes away uh, probably to watch what uh, Caleb Dressel is going to do at the Pan Pacific Championships. But uh, he certainly threw a big gauntlet down towards the American uh, in, in Glasgow. Um, so Proud, to some extent, possibly an expected uh, gold medal um, albeit 
those sprints can can go either way a medal or a gold medal at least that perhaps we didn't expect came uh in the women's four by two relay katie those four girls and uh particularly freya anderson on the anchor really put a performance together that we weren't weren't really expecting yeah i think you're right i think you know there hasn't been a huge amount of support for that relay or you know um it, it hasn't really been prioritized as a british relay for the past several years it used to be you know sort of back in 2009 it was one of the ones we were really really pushing and i think we won a, a world medal in it then but since then i think it's really kind of slipped down the priority list so i think um for those girls to put together that swim some pretty decent swims from all of them but i think we can be particularly excited by Catherine greenslade and freya anderson as you say who um i mean they're really i think they've, they've both really really sort of come of age during this meet and put together some incredible performances um I think the more we see Freya swim, particularly in relays, uh, the more exciting it is because she just seems to perform every single time. And her individual swim in the 100 free shouldn't be overlooked either to make a final here and um, be a fourth place. Great achievement. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I quite want to see her do a tapered individual 200 free. I just don't think we've seen it for ages. And I don't, I don't even know, has she been under two minutes? And yet we've seen her go a 155 and a 156 in a relay. I just don't think we've seen what she can do at all. So that's something to be quite excited about. Well, as you as you remarked there, Bob, she she's on a PB in the final of the um, of the hundred free. So that shows, you know, again that she's got a great temperament for for everything that she can do her best, you know, when she needs to, when it matters. Um, and obviously another swimmer that that really steps up when it comes to relays. Um, and I'm. I'm sort of reminded of, um, with her performances in the relays this week, of if we go back a very long time to 2006, a very similar situation with Commonwealth early in the year and the Europeans later, um, which was probably the year we, we really saw um, Fran Halsell emerge uh, with that blistering anchor leg in the medley relay uh, that Britain won that time, being being chased down by Britta Stefan, who'd set the world record maybe a day or two before. So um, it's it's a little bit like that situation in my mind but Katie it's important that that we let Freya be be Freya if you like and, and that people don't try and say she's the next Fran Housel. Yeah and I was thinking this when I was looking earlier at the uh, comparison of the splits from the old British record in the in the medley relay which I'm sure we'll come on to talk about later and the new British record that they set tonight and you know Freya was I mean uh, Fran was always our you know solid we can rely on that she's world-class kind of leg Obviously, the other girls were great too, but that, you know, you always knew that you had Fran going in on the end and it was going to be a good leg. Now, Freya outsplit Fran's time by over half a second. And, you know, I think we just need to see this as a new wave of British swimmers coming through. And they're just, you know, it's not really comparable. It's um, it, it's something that I think we should be really, really excited about. Um, Another amazing but, finish, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, she's, I mean, amazing. I think 52 six tonight 52.7 which is I mean, it's absolutely incredible time it's not far off what Simone Manuel who's the Olympic and world champion went at the Pampax and I, you know I think we should be really really excited by that and uh, and she went past Federica Pellegrini who's uh, not a bad relay swimmer to uh, to get that, <laughs> to get that third spot as well so great she's had some success hasn't yeah, she yeah just a little but it's yeah I guess my, my bigger point really was that um, you know she did the 50 on the first day and it was a bit of a wash out as far as she you know she didn't make it out of the heats uh, but she's much more a, a hundred no 200 swimmer you, you said there about her great relay splits in the two uh, and not a 50 
100 swimmer so hopefully you know people will won't try and you know, force her into the into the 50 i suppose not that not that anyone would want to after her results this week perhaps um let's while we're while we're on that subject you mentioned the the women's medley relay took the, that battle in bronze bob uh, a performance that perhaps we could have predicted but it, it was a bit dicey at the end freya did the business yeah, I mean, I've got to say, with 25 to go, I didn't fancy our chances of getting a medal there at all. Um, but I've gotten, obviously, very briefly, what Freya had done prior to that, that she has fantastic engines over the, the last 25 metres. She did it earlier on uh, in the week, and she did it again right here. And um, the, the fact that she has those battling qualities at the back end of her leg, when you're thinking, she's up against Pellegrini here, for heaven's sake, uh, and she just came flying by her. And um, that that's why, uh, whatever you can say, obviously, that Adam Peaty should be, uh, a swim of the week, um, but there's an assumption with Adam that he will do that every time. We didn't know what Freya was capable of. This is her first big event outside the Commonwealth Games, of course, international event, senior. And um, she, apart from the 50 that you mentioned, she's come up with trumps in every single department so far. And I think something that else is quite exciting about that relay is that, you know, we did break the British record, but if you look at all the times individually, except for perhaps Freya, well, you know, we can clearly do better. Um, Georgia was just off what she went in the mixed medley relay. Um, Siobhan went quite a lot faster, I think, in her individual 100 breaststrokes. So there's some time to drop there. I think um, Alice was there or thereabouts, but could perhaps drop a little bit in the fly. Um, so, you know, although we've already broken the British record with that set of circumstances, it looks like this team can go even faster. By the way, Alice was the victim of a, a camera malfunction today. Um, you know the camera that drops into the water as they turn? Unfortunately, it hit her uh, as she was swimming earlier on today. Um, so that did affect her swim, the... not her swim tonight. No, no, the, the morning swim. Okay. Uh, affected uh, the morning swim so much so they pulled that camera for the rest of the day that's why you didn't see it on tonight's transmission because the, the camera operator who i was speaking to by the way he got the same shuttle as me back to our digs in glasgow he said look they pulled me at lunchtime he said oh, I, I apologize obviously uh, i didn't mean to but uh caught her on the arm i think um as she was turning that's going to be something you're not expecting coming into a turn i would have thought um but uh, the four girls swam really well tonight. Uh, so obviously, you know, uh, Georgia Davis, Siobhan Maria Connor, Alice Thomas and Freya in that four by one medley. And then uh, Eleanor Faulkner, uh, Holly Hibbert, Kat Greenslade and, and Freya again on that four by two. Uh, two great medals on that relay. Now, we were talking about Georgia Davis there. She's had a great week as well, um, Katie gold in the 50 earlier we talked about in the in the halfway podcast with a, another gold in the mixed medley and she's picked up silver in the 100 uh, and that bronze in the in the medley relay too so uh really good to see her she seems to have got her mojo back um at this at these championships and swimming really well yeah i think and she seems you know she's pretty relaxed and, and pretty happy with her swims i think she's perhaps slightly disappointed with the final swim on the 100 back maybe hoping for a little bit more um but you know she's been She's been one of those swimmers who's quite often just missed out. And on this, you know, for this meet, she's really proved herself as a force to be reckoned with. She's clearly going nowhere. And we absolutely shouldn't be counting her out just because she's 27 or 28. I think, um, you know, it, it, there has been a slight leaning of British swimming to be um, investing mainly in younger athletes, you know, for reasons which I'm sure we can understand. But 
it's been really great this week to see some of the older athletes showing that they are absolutely still here. They're still improving. They're not going anywhere. And George has probably been the standout um, from that perspective. Well, a fantastic week for her four medals uh, and a great work that she's doing with James Gibson over there in Turkey. Let's stick with um, the women's races. Uh, we've already mentioned her in the context of the women's 4x2, but this evening Holly Hibbert took uh, a battling bronze in the 400 metres free. A PB for her, 405.01, beat the time that she set at the Commonwealth Games. Um, and great to see her, you know, starting to to show a bit of what she can do on that international stage bob yeah good to see her 200 and 400 i still in the back of my mind wish we'd seen her at 800 here because i think she would have been as competitive as she was in the 400 if not more so uh, i just wonder whether that is the route she's heading down now or she's going to do two and four and not the eight because i think she would have been mightily competitive in the 800 freestyle but um yeah another breakout week for her i think at this level i know that uh, sean kelly's been working mighty hard with her support and um starting to reap those rewards and uh, you know I, I think she will be a, a solid member of our team for quite some time to come and really great for her, Casey, because she got some she, uh, some some things said about her at Worlds last year, um, which could easily have knocked her confidence. So really good for her to to kind of come out and show actually you know what she's about and to swim some really good times and pick up some medals. Yeah, I agree, and I think you know when when you are young and you're making your first senior teams, that that can be quite overwhelming, and you can sort of have that attitude of just being so pleased to have made it there but she's absolutely not doing that now she's she's on these teams she's actually a real sort of fixture of the team and she's there to win medals and I think every single international performance that she's doing now she's improving and looking more confident I do think the relays actually really helped her confidence this week she's um you know seeing her on that podium with the other girls uh, in the relay earlier on she just seems to have gone from strength to strength since then um so you know Maybe it might be help. You know, hope, I'm hoping that that really is one that they invest in from a kind of general confidence perspective. Well, there uh, are some decisions for the people who allocate the funding to be made there uh, as they look for next year. Clearly, um, two more medals from the ladies' team just to round up, both in the breaststroke. Um, let's start with uh, Imogen Clark in the 50 meters. She set a British record 30.04 in the semi-final, uh, took down her own mark, um, gave uh, Yulia Efimova a bit of a fright in that race. Um, couldn't quite repeat it tonight, but still did uh, plenty uh, enough to take the silver. Um, and she's got so much raw speed, Bob, hasn't she? She has, and I want to see her do that on a regular basis on the 100 breaststroke. Uh, 50's where she's made a name. She did... Uh, very well earlier on in the year. She's done well at nationals. She is now the British record holder and has beaten it again here in Glasgow. But I just don't want to see her do a, a good hundred. I'm sure she can and does, and in training she probably is doing it all the time. But we haven't really seen her do the, the kind of hundred time I want. I don't want to see her just be a 50 specialist. Uh, she's got to break out of that. Well, that's certainly the way that... Uh know funding and, and everything else in britain is geared 15 also an olympic event is there a danger uh katie that she could end up you know another zoe baker if you like and just be an incredibly good 50 meter swimmer and not not convert that quite to the hundred i think the british focus generally is 
so far away from that that I think it's unlikely. And I think, you know, she's been really unlucky in that the women's hundred breaststroke has been pretty strong over the past few years, and she's she's been that that one swimmer that just misses out every time in terms of selection. Um, but I think you know if there is the opportunity, I completely agree with Bob that we should see her doing it. She was a second ahead of any other British swimmer in the 50 breaststroke. So, you, you know, you kind of think, well, that should convert to a, a seriously vast 100, which would be something that would really help our medley relay chances. Um, so completely agree with Bob on that. Hopefully we'll see her moving up to the 100. Well, she's training at Loughborough in that squad with Sarah Vasey and, and Adam PT and you know other, other breaststrokers there uh, in the other squads. So um, she's in a good place to make that transition. Um, let's hope that she she can do that certainly uh, for two years' time um, when the Olympics come round. Um, and then one of the the ladies who's been you know at, at the forefront of pushing British ladies breaststroke forward over the last five six years, Molly Renshaw. She picked up. Um, a medal in the 200 meters. Uh, she came in 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 third place for bronze. Um, Bob, it was a race that she really, you know, unusually for her, I think, really took it out at the start. It looked like yes. she was really going to take it to to FM over and, and and see what she could she could do. Yeah, so I'm sitting there doing the commentary for the world feed, saying, "Well, we won't see much of Molly till we get to 100." And I'm looking up, thinking, "Well, you don't normally swim here like this. this. Is a completely different race plan for the one I normally see you doing." Um, and it, to a certain extent, it works. She finished fourth two years ago, so she's made that improvement up a step. Um, I just wonder whether there's something changing around the way that Molly swims at that's trying to see exactly what works best for her. But I was quite surprised to see her kind of take on. FM over from the outset and maybe they gave her confidence to go and do that so indeed a great swim well a good swim for molly um even though she took it out a bit, a bit differently uh FM over really was the class in that field and was always going to be tricky so it's good to see her uh, trying something different to try and get on terms um let's move on and, and finish off talking about uh, the men's team and probably uh, we've spoken about ben already ben proud uh, but my favorite i think from from the the other golds that the men one and there were three more um, that we'll talk about was uh, Duncan Scott not not least because he seemed to be just a little bit off his very best um, you know leading up to the final of the 200 meters freestyle but Lane 8 classic outside smoker Katie and uh, he just no one saw him go yeah it, it was a he really really raced well I think you know it, it was one of those things where I assume he just wasn't thinking about times and he just he just raced a really brilliant race um and you know that the the straight arm that he does in the last sort of seven and a half meters is it's really really noticeable. It seems to be incredibly effective. He, his finishes have been really really good during this meet, but I think that would have been a really confidence boosting swim for him because, as you say, he did seem like he was just slightly off, um, and amazing to come away with that gold. Do you know, just going, going back on that, Steve, the, the amount of what I would call in inverse commas racers that we now have in the GB team. We have loads of good swimmers. We always have had uh, in recent times, but we have so many racers, people who don't know the meaning of, right, I'm in lane eight. I'll give it a go and see what happens. Not people who go, oh, I'm in lane eight. Oh, I'm not sure I can do anything here. I'll be happy if I get sixth. We don't hear that anymore. We have people who, wh- whichever lane they've got, whichever circumstances they're in, they race. James Wilby's a good case in point there. He is a racer. Duncan Scott is a racer. And we have so many of those on the GB team now, which which really excites me because these are people who, even if they're not really on top of their game, will still go out there and probably 
achieve something or overachieve in certain cases. Well, he was uh, 145.2 or thereabouts, so just you know, a tiny fraction away from his best time. So uh, it was a great swim, you know, objectively, as well as as well as the uh, the way he swam it in the, in the medal that he won at the end. So uh, a terrific result for him. Now, one of those races that you're referring to, Bob, was also in that final, James Guy. Um, but unusually, he just found himself crowded out and, and finished fourth. Um, but... Which I, I think, you know, from from what I've seen on social media and what have you, is you know, he was, uh, shall we say, a little bit disappointed with that result. But he bounced back um, in the hundred fly. He took a, a bronze in that um, that final tonight. Now, Bob, I know you were hoping he might go a bit better, but important that he he did bounce back from the disappointment of the two hundred and come away with something individually as well as his his relay hardware. Yeah, and looked uh, pretty happy with things tonight. I looked at him on the medal podium and thought, well, so so how are you feeling? You're feeling that maybe in that class of field you could have won it, which indeed he could. Uh, but the fact he got a medal and didn't miss out in fourth place this time around, I think, was a great uh, source of um, well satisfaction to him, I suppose. Um, but, you know, he got two, two medals, two big medals, uh, the gold and the bronze in that session. And I think overall... I don't have too many worries about James at all. I think the 200 was a shame, and obviously he didn't see Duncan, nor did anybody else for that matter. Um, but, yeah, I think things are coming along. I think uh, now the 400's been dropped, he can concentrate on the events that he's going to be taking forward. Uh, um, I think James is, yeah, i say, maybe slightly under where he wanted to be this week. Certainly in the 200 he was, but uh, the 100s, I think, was about as good as he could do at this time. I have a, got a question, really, about the the 200 fly in his program i mean he he scratched the final of it here to focus on the men's four by two relay and that's you know that decision was proven to be you know a good one when they won the gold but but the 200 fly i i could you know it could be different in two years but certainly in in the the last couple of olympics the 200 fly has has been in the same session as that four by two final uh, anyway um yeah i think same session and and uh six minutes apart are two different things I, i suppose so but i i guess I still have a question mark about whether he'd be better focusing 100 fly, 200 free, and and perhaps, no, not concentrating so much on the 200 fly, uh, going forwards. But uh, maybe that's just me. I'm sure Joel and Fink, his coach down at Bath, no, probably knows more about it than I do. But uh, yeah, just a, it just remains a question for me. No, he is obviously a very talented 200 fly swimmer, um, but where it sits in his overall program, perhaps. Um, perhaps you know, open to a bit of a tweak, um, depending on what's in the focus. There are some swimmers, and I think he's one of them, that has always had quite a busy programme and perhaps quite likes having, you know, a number of events that, you know, he's obviously good at everything that he races internationally, but perhaps things that aren't the sort of real, real focus. And I think the real focus for him is the 200 free and the 100 fly. Um, but it perhaps is nice to have that sort of distraction, a few swims to kind of get get yourself confident that you're where you need to be. And I wonder if that is part of it with him and the 200 fly. It's a sort of slightly less pressured swim, but it's a swim. Gives him a chance to get in and see where he is. So should we be trying to encourage him to do the 100 free and drop the 200 fly? I think he'd be very good at it if he did. But, uh, you know, whether it's whether it's the event for him is is another matter. Uh, well, we need we need a quartet, and we don't have one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was a pretty decent split, as I recall, in the heats of the men's four by one on the the day one uh, session here in in Glasgow. So, um, 
I think I think he'd be a success to it, but uh, whether he would be as successful in that as he has been over 203 or 100 fly is another matter because it you know you get the big beasts of world swimming in that event and it can be quite difficult and, and quite competitive. So maybe maybe not, but um, yeah, an interesting question nonetheless. But you mentioned he picked up two medals in today's session, Bob. The other one came um, in what's becoming a, a very successful uh, men's medley relay team. Uh, they won their third straight European title, uh, defending the, the one that they won uh, in London two years ago. Uh, last three legs were Adam Peaty, James Guy, as we've just said, and, and Duncan Scott again, picking up another gold for those three. But there was some intrigue about who would swim the backstroke. Um, it was Brodie Williams who swam the heat this morning, um, and we weren't sure who they might pick on the, the uh, opening leg this evening. Went with Nick Pyle. Um, from the Newcastle swimmer, and he he did a really solid job, Bob, to to get them off and keep them in contention. He did. I was sold a pop on that. I was sold it was going to be Luke Greenbank. Uh, so until about half an hour before the session started, I believed it was. That's what I was telling everybody because I, I thought I'd been given a steer by somebody who knew. But then Nick Pyle comes up on the list. I'm thinking that's interesting because obviously this is the question we've talked about quite a few times now is when Chris Walker Heaven goes, and it may not be too far away now, um, who replaces him on that? And there's no, or wasn't, any obvious candidate. There's a selection of candidates. There is an obvious number one. I think Nick Pyle tonight did himself a tremendous service going forward, because I think he is the future, and he is a he is a specialist 100 backstroker. The problem you have with Luke Greenbank and Brody Williams to a certain extent, is they are longer distance backstrokers coming down to 100. Nick is a 100 swimmer, and I think it, they may well have found the right man. Well, he did He did do, as I say, a very solid job to, to get the team off tonight. It would have been easy to get overawed and, uh, and, and just get lost in the wash, but uh, he gave, gave the rest of the guys a chance. Obviously, Adam Casey did his usual thing and, and uh, just demolished the field by, by a significant margin. Um, in the breaststroke uh, and I know I was slightly concerned that, that maybe he wouldn't take enough out of the Russian team to um, to actually you know uh, to, to get us into the lead enough to actually take that gold medal but in the end it wasn't even close Yeah I think I mean I think the Russian breaststroker perhaps didn't have the race of his life but um, Adam's Adam's uh, leg was absolutely amazing but actually time wise you know it, it for him it wasn't as good as we've seen so you know it's exciting to think there's a bit more there um just going back to the backstroke leg it's obviously a huge pressure for whoever you know does fill that spot because with your three really really excellent uh, legs to follow it, it it must be quite a hard position for anyone to be in i think it's been really good to see that we've got three possible people who could fill that spot um but great for nick to come away with that gold medal um and hopefully gives him a lot of confidence for the future and and i think what's really good is that none of these backstrokers are looking at it in a you know they're not relying on the fact that they've got adam Peaty just to come in and catch up i think none of them are looking at it like that they're looking at it as to say like we need to be as far you know right up there from the start and then he can see how far he can take it once we get into the breaststroke leg which i think is the, exactly the right way that we should be approaching it well indeed and you and you would think that if there are any 17, 18 year old backstrokers out there, it's got to be a huge motivation seeing what, what no, Brody Williams has picked up some medals 
know from swimming heats in these in these relays uh, Nick Pard obviously has picked up that gold there that's got to be a huge motivator for anyone who fancies themselves as a backstroker and to, to get their head down and really try and you know make a name for themselves over the next couple of years as well with uh, with an eye on Tokyo so um yeah an interesting situation that's going to develop there I think over the next year 18 months in terms of that team but we spoke about Adam he was his usual reliable self bob in the 50 meters breaststroke uh won the gold 26 zero something he was a absolute mile ahead of everybody else I think it was 0.7 of a second is that right over yeah. over 50 meters it's just an astonishing margin I, I try and get myself in the mindset and the head of Fabio Scazzoli and people like that. I think, well, I'm on the block. All I can do, a bit like, I suppose, racing Katie Ledecky to a certain extent, apart from in the 200, obviously, with the band packs today. But if, you, if you're swimming her best or swimming against her in your best of it, you're going, best I can do is second. You know, I can't do any better than that. Uh, Cameron van der Berg, obviously, in the Gold Coast, um, did that rare thing and actually beat PT over 50. But... Yeah, that was a glitch. He's now back to his best and is is improving every single time he goes into competition right now. So, you know, he, he is he's just phenomenal. You watch him and you think, you feel so assured he's going to do everything right the right way and he's going to do it quickly that you never have any concerns about it. It's actually a lovely thing to, it's like poetry in motion. You just sit back and uh, and admire. And Scazzoli did actually say that, right? I saw a quote from him after... 50 final and he was like I'm absolutely delighted this is the best I could possibly have hoped for everyone knows that the gold is spoken for so it was just a race for second and it's it's so great to hear that said about a British swimmer to have that kind of status a few years ago we wouldn't even have thought it possible but he, he is just so dominant isn't he when people are talking about him in that manner it's like Michael Johnson on the track when you know uh, Roger Black in the 96 Olympics said he was he he came first of you know normal people or something like that when he when he won the uh, when he won the silver medal it's it's just a, a credible level of dominance that he's got that glitch that you referred to Bob notwithstanding it's just uh, you know phenomenal swimming again from him as we've come to expect um, one final medal to to talk about then in the uh, last session again tonight men's 400 IM great to see Max Litchfield you know consolidate that that medal he won in. Uh, in the 200 IM earlier in the week, move up one step on the podium and take a, a great silver uh, in what was actually quite a good battle with with David Rashto of, of Hungary, Bob. Yeah, and I got a chance uh, briefly to talk to Max afterwards, um, and he was just buoyant, you know, considering where he was back in the spring, where I suppose at that stage, in fact, I know so, he wasn't sure whether he'd be able to do the Europeans, whether his body would stand up to the rigours of preparing for a big event like this. He's only really had one meet of any notes leading up to this, so the body could have broken down, the shoulder could have been a problem in the 200M, it could have been a problem in the 400IM, uh, but he gets a medal in his lesser event, his weaker event, uh, and then he's more than competitive in the 400. That's a terrific time for somebody who isn't, who wasn't even on the radar of uh, of any of the, the the swimming things, you look you look through the stats. He's not there. Suddenly he does a time in the heats and gets into the top twelve, I think it was in the world, or maybe top sixteen, and uh, has massively improved. He, he, he is a really hard working um, swimmer with, with so much potential, and if that body holds up and his shoulder holds up we're going to expect some fantastic things from max for quite a few years to go but it's to come but that's going to be the big question mark is will his body hold up uh, because i honestly think he could be one of our world-class swimmers for quite some time 
And I think something that's really important to remember, particularly if you know you've not experienced some kind of injury yourself, is that it's you want to go into a meet like this, you know, one of your most important meets of the year. Ideally, you want to go in feeling you've done all the work, you couldn't have prepared any better. If you've had an injury in your season, you can't possibly feel that way. And not only is there the physical side of whatever your injury to get over, but there's you don't have that kind of mental comfort of, but I've put the work in, I've done everything I can. So for him to have come back like this, it's just so impressive to have come back in in what is not an easy event to train for when you've got an injury. It's nothing that's easy to manage. And he's just performed, you know, close to his best and competitive with, you know, a, a very competitive field. Um, it's It's just so impressive. And uh, very impressive too, I've got to say, uh, let's give credit to the coaches, uh, Dave Hemmings, who's taken over Max at Loughborough over the past few months and has done a terrific job with him. And I know that he's got a great understanding, like he did with Russ at Sheffield. He's having the same kind of understanding with Dave. Dave obviously works with Dave, uh, with James Wilby as well. Um, so um, Dave Hemmings, obviously a fairly recent acquisition last couple of years to Loughborough, is, is having uh, very big effects and uh, making things happen. Well, let's hope we, we see Max stay uh, injury-free, as you say, over the winter, get a, a good bank of work in, and then we can see him back sub-410 in that 400 IM come Worlds next year um, because, as you say, he's got every potential to be uh, to be there or thereabouts when the medals are handed out next year, if he can do that. Now, I just want to talk briefly about uh, the one that got away, if you like, in the women's 200 individual medley. Uh, we saw the semi-finals and, and Siobhan, Maria O'Connor, slapped down a really impressive looking swim but come the final uh it was it was a, became something of a dogfight uh and the times were not were not fast and for whatever reason uh no Siobhan ended up fourth Casey I mean I'm interested in your view on this to me it looked like you know she got caught up in actually racing the people around her rather than focusing on what her her swim was doing yeah, it, it's it's hard because it's sort of the opposite of what we were saying with Duncan, right? So with him, we were saying, you know, oh, he just he just raced. And I think Siobhan kind of tried to do that, but to the point where she didn't swim her own race. And the thing that she's so good at is really, really getting out there on the fly. Um, her backstroke is perhaps her weakest leg. And she was next to Katinka Hosu, who really, really pushed the backstroke and caught up with her. Um, I, especially after seeing that semi-final, I was quite excited to watch her swim in the final because we've also seen her looking really, really good on the 100 breaststroke this week. So it seemed, you know, that everything was sort of lined up, ready to go. Um, I think it was probably one of her best chances of winning the Europeans on the 200 IM as Katinka Hazu has not really been herself this week. Um, it was just, I think it was just a weird race. I think, as you say, she got caught up in racing and just didn't really do her own thing but I think you know she, she quite needed that she needed that win or uh, some kind of confidence boost and it's a really a real shame that she wasn't able to produce it on the night I couldn't work out Steve I, I was commentating on the race and I looked at her face when she finished she basically had her head planted into the blocks for about 30 seconds barely moved and you know i looked at that and i thought that's so unlike you you know you're bubbly you're uh, vivacious you all those kind of things but that that that, that race was just so un like looked fine at 100 didn't have any qualms didn't have any worries at 100 and i'm thinking right kick in now the breaststroke was where you should come past her and she didn't she was like she was in quicksand and, and the whole race just faded away and she 
it was nothing like I've ever seen her swim before. It was it was it was a very strange race to watch. I mean, my other thought was that you know, everyone had been speaking about it being Siobhan against Katinka, and and you know this is the the chance that Siobhan can to dethrone the the Iron Lady. Um, but actually, there were there were you know, six other swimmers in that race. Two of them, uh, Ilaria Cusinato of Italy, and what a great meet Italy have had by the way mm, um absolutely. and uh, and, and the, the bronze medalist maria Ugolkova from from switzerland who who were right up there in the in the mix after 50 100 meters and all of a sudden it's not about siobhan against katinka it's actually four people racing for three medals and maybe that just affected well possibly uh the other two ladies in in a positive way thinking yeah we're right in this and 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 siobhan in a negative way thinking oh i've got to worry about these other two as well not it's not just katinka so um siobhan has the best breaststroke of those four by quite some way so that shouldn't have been a problem but but not not able unfortunately to uh to deliver it in that race but for for whatever reason i mean it was a slow final as well i mean 210 17 must be one of the slowest winning times katinka hoshu swum in forever um so it very very odd all round really um, but by the way do you want do you want to know the uh latest on katinka uh just for everybody this is mainly about british women but very very quickly um she's in a very good place she's very happy and uh i think uh, definitely on the up and moving forward and uh the word from the hungarian camp is that uh well for example she was involved in the team photograph tonight First time she's been involved in one of those for a long while. I wonder why. Well, there we are. You heard it here first, possibly. Um, so that was uh, that was really probably everything we wanted to speak to uh, about in terms of actual British swimming. If we look at the, just quickly, let's look at the, the overall performance. Second on the medal table with 24 medals, nine gold, seven silver and eight bronze, just behind Russia, who had 26 medals but one more gold, uh, as well as uh, a couple more um uh, on the the other columns um now that exactly matches what the team achieved in in 2014 in berlin where they also won 24 medals nine gold seven silver eight bronze but with uh with a much much smaller team they're 43 summers this time around maybe 20 or 20 you know, low 20s i think in 2014 um lots of people getting experience at this this, this meet katie where where perhaps you know we haven't taken teams with extra people for the last couple of years to meet how important is that in terms of spreading around that the opportunity that we've seen this week i think it, i think it is important you know as we've discussed we have seen a couple of people break through i think this it, it is very important not to have i i think not to have sort of too many what you might call tourists on teams as in people who are just you know, they're pleased to be on the team, they're pleased they've got the kit and don't really make too much of an impression in a meet. But then it's it's really about balancing that against giving people the opportunities because, for instance, um, we're seeing someone like Catherine Greenslade just get better and better at every international meet she does. And therefore, that, I mean, that in itself kind of proves that it's, you know, giving people experience is actually really valuable. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with a big team. I also think that it gives you... A, a sort of big base of people to provide support to the rest of the team um but if you've got a lot of people who aren't progressing then i think that can drag the rest of the team down because it can end up feeling like as a whole there are a couple of people doing well and a lot of people doing not so well um so it, it, you know it is it's a sort of balance that has to be 
has to be met. Um, I don't think we had too many on this occasion who seemed like they were tourists or seemed like they weren't performing. Um, I think, you know, there were perhaps a few who had a disappointing meet, but on the whole, it was a, a good performance by the British team. So I think if you look down the list of medalists, I think there's a lot of lot of the usual suspects, if you like, um, although uh, some of those new names um, have really, you know, pushed themselves forward in, in the relays. We spoke about Freya, of course. We spoke about Tom Dean earlier in the week. Um, you mentioned Cat Greenslade there. So that seems to be where those new faces have um, have come in. Imogen Clark, uh, probably the, the only individual medalist uh, who's, who's kind of come in and, and made her debut uh, at this level. Um, this week so definitely yeah definitely good to have had those people getting experience but I, I rather suspect Bob will be back to very tough qualifying times for Worlds next year and, and maybe some of those people might might find it a bit tougher yeah I think so I think uh, I don't see Bill changing his policy on that I think this was because it was a home Europeans uh, off the back of a European juniors. He wanted to give his uh, juniors a few more swims. And the Commonwealth Games, it was kind of at the beginning of the year, not really in keeping with the normal calendar. So I think, yeah, I don't think we'll see that repeated. Maybe the next Europeans, who knows, but certainly this side of the Olympics, um, unlikely. Well, it has been um, has been a good week for Britain. I think I think the three of us would probably... Uh, agree that that, that Freya Anson, the British swimmer of the week, perhaps. Yeah, obviously Adam would normally get the plaudits, but we we know what he can do. And we expect him to do it. Uh, but I, I'd say that Freya uh, take that fifty out, and every single swim she had subsequently uh, was exemplary and, and quick. So, yep, I think we've uh, unearthed a superstar. Quick, quick, just quick. Uh, uh, big up for Adam, though. That's that's the third third consecutive European Championships that he's won four gold medals at, which is um, quite quite a record to continue. <laughs> so uh, well done to him this week as well, clearly. Um, I think we'll... Oh, by the way, he, he was a male swimmer of the meet, in case you didn't know this, and Sarah Sjöström was a female swimmer of the meet. Well, I think with, uh, with that world record, uh, I think that's probably a fair outcome. Uh, Not ratified yet, though, so we don't know no. that for definite. Well, they, they would have given him the the FINA points, though, wouldn't they, or whatever the then points, whatever they're they're basing that decision on. But regardless, a good decision from uh, from Len, I feel. Um, let's draw things to a close then. Uh, Twenty four medals for Great Britain. We've been doing this podcast, the three of us, for for five years. Um, and it does seem like an awfully long time ago in Barcelona 2013 when we sat through eight days of competition for a single bronze. Um, yes. Uh, I don't think, I, I can't certainly recall, uh, maybe uh, you two may have a different view, I can't recall a period of sustained success like this for British swimming, um, well, ever. But uh, I, what, what's your view on that? Uh it's so nice to be confident in the fact that we're not going to have a depressing meet. <laughs> I mean, that it's it, it's very, very different from when we started doing these. Um, it seems like a different team entirely. Um, and I think we're really holding our own with some world-class times. It's not like we're doing quite well in quite a weak field. It was really competitive this week. It was competitive at Commonwealth. It's competitive at Worlds last year, you know, and... and British swimming has really made a name for itself. Um, so, yeah, I think we've we've made some moves. Very exciting 
time to be watching it, to be around it, to be talking to the swimmers, watching them all evolve and emerge. And uh, yeah, there's every reason to be excited for the Worlds next year and for the Olympics and indeed for that next four-year cycle after that. Well, I think that's absolutely right. Let's call it a day there then. Uh, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Katie. It's been great to, talking to you about um, this week's swimming once again. Thank you, Steve. Uh, so if you want to get in contact with me about anything that you've heard in this podcast, then uh, at Poolboy on Twitter. Or if you're not following on Facebook, you can go and follow over there at uh, facebook.com slash UK. Make sure to put the UK on or all you will get is a picture of a pool boy. Uh, in the, uh, we will be back at some point in the future. So watch Facebook, Twitter, what have you to find out. Uh, if you've enjoyed listening to these podcasts, do share, like, tell your friends, whatever. Um, hopefully if I pull my uh, finger... Uh, hello, Andrew Guy. <laughs> and uh, hopefully if I pull my finger out, there'll be a, a special podcast along in the next month or so looking at uh, the issue of retirement and uh, what happens to swimmers when they hang their goals up. So uh, now I've said it on here, I'll have to get on and make sure I actually finish that off. Keep your eyes open for that. In the meantime, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Pool Boy Podcast. For more episodes, visit www.poolboy.co.uk slash podcast.